0: Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Thursdays at 7 p.m. and Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Today's message is Victory Over Death. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. This past week, you kind of wonder, well, what are you going to preach on? And we've obviously been talking about, um, you know, just... Uh, How, kind of being a follower of Jesus What that looks like here at Journey Kind of that progression Here's some things that we want you to do Last week we talked about um, That that we're going to to start making sure we we focus And we encourage you to focus on Jesus each week What can we learn from Jesus? And our our podcast is up and going Um, You you can find that podcast uh, Just search Journey Elgin Hopefully in any uh, podcast app that's out there um, you 'll see uh, all sermons will, will end up being on the podcast uh, and then every wednesday there 's going to be a, a new uh, podcast that's that 's geared on uh, learning about jesus and then in the in the future there 's just going to be more and more uh, things that are that are added to that um, but it 's just one way that, that you can stay in touch with what God is doing throughout the week and it can be something that is an encouragement to you um, but but after this week, I just wanted to uh, to kind of put that aside a little bit, um, but, but talk, talk kind of about, um, about that experience that, that we had, but what can we learn from that, and, and how can we move forward? And, and, and kind of the, the thought process behind this is, um, I can remember whenever I, my first job as a pastor, uh, first full-time pastor job was in Cisco, Texas, and uh, a small community. Um, and I somehow got, uh, I got to know the funeral director there and all of a sudden I became the default pastor in town for when someone needed uh, someone to do a funeral. I, I calculated it up and I could be wrong and you'll, you'll think I'm probably lying. But, uh, within that first year and a half, I did like 25 funerals and I only knew about four of the families. And so I was just, you know, it was just people that didn't have connections with the church. And, and so, and, and I mean, those first few times, it's just terrifying. You're like, what, how do you do this? What do you say? You know, I mean, it, it's just, it's really, really difficult, right? But, uh, but in all of that, one thing that I've noticed that, that we do a horrible job of as a culture is talking about death and dealing with death. We are really, really bad at it Overall. Right, and and it's kind of interesting because, and 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 think about it. If you think about so many of the things that we do in our culture, is basically to prevent it from happening, right? And we trying to we kind of convince ourselves, hey, this isn't going to happen, right? Look at our medical breakthroughs, you know. Look at our our security. Look at our military. Whatever area you want. In some ways, it's kind of designed to prevent death from happening. And it's very basic element. Here's the problem, and I, and I don't want to ruin your day, but all of us <laughs> are going to die, and all of us are going to experience death. So, now, so to me, if, if there is something that you 110% are going to have to experience in some way or another, is it healthy? to say, you know what, I'm just not going to talk about that, and we're just going to do all we can to prevent that from happening, even though we know we can't prevent it from happening. Or, maybe we need to think about this, and maybe we need to be prepared, uh, because eventually, we're going to face it, right? And I think God, and well, I know that God has given us scriptures and things like that, that help us to prepare us whenever we deal with the with death that's the way to do it that if you were giving advice to your children and uh, you knew a hundred percent that your child was going to experience something you would want to prepare them for that and our culture kind of looks at death and we say yeah it's going to happen but we sure don't want to prepare it because we're uncomfortable talking about it no one wants to go to church and hear them talk about the pastor talk about dealing with death that's that's miserable right well there are times we probably need to do that because you know when the time to, to think about death is not right in the middle of going through it, <laughs> right? Because then your emotions are all over the place, which is completely normal and is not bad at all. I mean, that's, that's normal, right? But you need to have a foundation of, of how you think about it, how you approach it, of knowing what, what God says about it, how, you know, how are we going to deal with this? And you need to do that before you're in the middle of it. It's kind of like, you know, there's the, uh, here, here's the, the church lady who has a, a verse for everything, right? The house built on the sand will not stand. The house built on a rock can withstand the storms, right? You know, you need a good foundation. I believe we need to do a better job as, as Christians of developing a good foundation when it comes to dealing with end of life because then you get a good foundation and so then when it happens and the storms and all those emotions just come crashing down which they will then maybe your house will stand and maybe you won't just get washed out to sea. you know and uh molly told me we're singing a couple songs at the end and she was like now you don't make me cry during this sermon because i've still got to get up and and uh and sing she said so you have to end with a joke well, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to come up with one for the, by, by the end. But, uh, but so I'm going to say some of the sad stuff at the beginning, right? And, uh, but, it, you know, one thing that was just really, really neat about of course, we've been, we've been preparing for this for two years, right? I mean, we've, we've known basically that this was, was coming as Christy has been battling cancer. And, uh, and so you, you go through all of those ups and downs, but one thing this past week that we really saw is that really within most of the immediate family There was a true peace that does pass all understanding Does that mean there weren't tears? Of course not Does that mean there weren't times where you just kind of break down? Of course not But there was, an, there was a tangible peace And, uh, and I wasn't, wasn't there for this, but uh, it was on, on Wednesday Christy passed around uh, around one o'clock uh, Wednesday af- afternoon and uh, and Molly was in in the room and uh, she could she just knew that her Christy's breathing changed and uh, and and it just became okay something's happening and she she told goes and tells the nurse says you need to go get her husband he was in the facility but it was, wasn't there and uh, and the nurse was like well I, you know and Molly was like no I really think you need to go get him so goes and gets him, and then of course some of the other family that was there, they gathered around, and so they just gather around Christy, and they start praying. You know what? What do you do? But uh, but you know there's there's no there was no uncontrolled weeping. There was none of this. It was it was a sadness, but there was a peace that was there. And Christy was at peace, and they were all around the bed, and they were praying. And then one of the ladies who Uh, Who has a pretty good voice but is very shy and who never does anything kind of out starts singing, It is Well With My Soul. And at the end of verse two, Christy took her first breath in heaven. That's awesome stuff. Right? That's stuff that you can't plan, right? You can't arrange that. That is a peace that passes understanding. To be able to experience that and to see that, you are seeing God in a way that you don't get to see normally. And you know, whenever I think about dealing with grief and all that stuff, it's miserable and we don't like talking about it because it's uncomfortable. Most people don't like to cry. They don't like all that stuff, right? Right? And here I've got some of y'all going and, and man, I'm I'm excited about that. So and and but we don't like it, right? We don't really like feeling that way. But you know what? That's a natural human response. You know why we feel us feel that way? Cuz God made us that way. He made us to where we love people and we we understand the importance of life. And so of course it hurts. You know, and and as I think about it more and more, if, if we have a good foundation about what death really is and what it means, then as our emotions are just going crazy through that time and there's highs and lows and there's anger and there's doubt and there's frustration and there's sadness and there's hope and there's peace, all of that mixed into one, right? And what that does is it just brings tears to your eyes. But through the tears, through the haze of the tears, we get to a very, very clear picture of the power of God. Sometimes the most clear that we'll ever see God is through the tears of grief. But in order for that to happen, in order to be able to experience that, we do need to have a good foundation. Right? We need to have thought about this before. You know, because if, if you don't prepare yourself for that, and then all of a sudden you're around that bed and it's happening, man, I, I don't know how you do it. And it's not healthy. And people struggle because we don't prepare ourselves. I want to just use a passage today that is very familiar. It's on page 382, it's Psalm 23. Uh, Psalm 23, and I've, I've I've preached through Psalm 23 here before. Um, people use it nearly exclusively uh, at, at funerals, right? But to me, it's not about that. It's about how we live. It's about how we live in, in God, about how God is, is present with us, um, but not, not only in, in everyday life, but in the valleys. Right, it really shouldn't just be relegated to being used at funerals. It should be something that kind of gives us a whole life perspective. But uh, I want to, want to read through Psalm 23. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, I want to... Talk about a few themes that I think it's important for us uh, to to address, so that when we find ourselves in the midst of grief and in the midst of mourning, uh, that we can find that peace, that peace that passes understanding. You know, one of the things that happens a lot, and it, it's natural, and so to a certain extent, it's, it's fine. It, God understands this. One of the things that a lot of times we do is that we'll start to blame God or we'll become angry with God, right? Again, that's, that's a normal reaction at first. And trust me, God is not offended by that. God is a lot bigger than your anger towards him, okay? So whenever you feel those emotions, that's okay. The problem is, if we don't have a good understanding and a good foundation of the process of death, is that that resentment or that blame and frustration can turn into resentment and bitterness. And that is not healthy because it can easily drive us away from God. When God is wanting to uh, to wrap us up in his arms and give us a peace that passes understanding. But if our bitterness and our anger at him just grow and grow, then we're not going to be able to experience that the way that God desires Here's the truth. God didn't desire for us to ever experience death. Like I, I'm not going to get too theological here, but let's step back and let's look at the big picture. When God created us in his image, he created us where we wouldn't have to deal with death because he didn't want us to have to deal with death but he created us to be able to to live our life in freedom and to live our life uh, choosing to follow him and that we wouldn't have to deal with that. But guess what? Because sin enters the world, and we're not going to get too deep into it, but it really is simple. Because sin has entered the world, because of the things that ultimately all of us have done, well, one of the things is that means that we're going to end up dying, right? Right? So, But it's important to know that that's not, that wasn't God's original desire for us. God is a good God. That's not what he wanted for us. But now that's a reality. And so, but because God is a good God, he doesn't just say, well, your choice, deal with it. No. He enters into our suffering. And he enters into that. This psalm, it starts out, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Right that's that's the starting place is that god is our creator. He's our shepherd He's the one who's there to protect us to walk with us says he leads me uh, Lies down in the green pastures leads me beside the quiet waters Those are those wonderful images right of being in a place where everything you have everything that you need where you're safe Where you're secure that is where god desires for you to be That's the heart of god. That's what's expressing his heart and it's important to remember that because it's easy for us. And, and man, we, we see it all the time. I mean, you watch television, you things like that. Kind of it portrays this image of being angry at God whenever things like this happen. Right? And again, you will feel that. But if your foundation, if you can step back off that ledge and say, wait, this isn't what God ever desired for me. It's not God who is doing this to me. You know, God didn't think. You know, that family really could do with some more suffering. How about this? I'll just take one of their family members from them. Right now, that's a, that's silly, but that's where our minds can go. And man, anyway, and we've had people that teach, and there's theology out there that I disagree with. And if you don't, that's fine. But but that that basically says yes. All, you know, God is the one behind all of that suffering And, and God is doing it I, I don't think so I think God understands That hey Things are not the way that I desired for them to be But you know what I'm still going to engage In people's lives anyway And yes they're going to have to go Through suffering But you know what I'm going to enter into that So that that suffering can ultimately Bring redemption And can bring healing and something good can come from the suffering. I think it's so important for us as we kind of deal with, with how we're going to view death and how, how we reconcile that. Because it's, it's just, it, it is, it's ugly and it's hard. But man, I just want to encourage you. Stay away from that trap of where we just start blaming God. God understands it. Be honest with him. Tell him, God, I'm not real happy with you right now. (laughs) That's fine. We see that in Scripture. Do that. Pour your heart out to him. But man, understand that he does not want you to have to go through that. But yet he loves you so much, he's going to give you the strength to make it through. That's who God is. That's what God is doing. And man, don't fall into that trap where we just turn our back on God because we feel like he's turned our back on us. That is not from God. That is straight from the mouth of the one who is trying to drive us away from God. Don't allow that to happen. You know, there's also an idea, you know, people say all kinds of things to try to comfort you. One of the and we were laughing about it. We had the the visitation and so we're at the at the church and of course in a situation like this everything is magnified right you have a 37 year old all of those things uh you know you're you're close it, it just everybody is involved you know and uh so we start the the visitation and it goes from 6 to 8 well about 5:45 people started to to come in and there was a line of people coming through talking until about 8:20 or something like that and uh and everyone, you know, giving hugs. And, but no one knows what to say. And we actually started kind of laughing because there's only like three or four phrases that anyone says. Because no one, and we all acknowledge, man, there's nothing really you can really say. But we want to say something. And really the only thing you can do is say, man, I love you. I mean, that's, that's really about it, right? And, uh, and, and so I, I didn't hear this, but I've heard this idea before. And I think it's one that you know, we've got to be real careful with is this idea that eventually we'll get over death. Right? And I mean I've I've heard some people, you know, as a way of trying to comfort, oh, you'll you'll get over this. That's not true. Death changes your normal. <laughs> your life will be changed. Right? And if and 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 I understand the the idea is that no, you'll be able to to laugh again. You'll be able to enjoy life again. All of that is true, but that doesn't happen if you think you're just going to get over it. If you think that you're ever going to get to that point where you never think about that loved one again, you're sorely mistaken, right? And you know what? That's, again, that's okay because God created us with these tight relationships, and they're very important, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, as I look at this passage and I think about, you know, we, if we're starting off in the green pastures and the quiet waters, so that's, that's everything is the way that it should be, right? So we haven't experienced death. Everything is fine. Well, then God understands, hey, that life isn't always green pastures and quiet waters. In fact, there's a lot of drought and there's a lot of rapids, right? And, but in the midst of it, whenever you're having to leave the, the green pastures because you're being forced out, and you have to start walking through that valley. There I am in the midst of, uh, with you. I'm going to walk with you through that time, and see we can people a lot of times we'll, we can grasp that. Okay, God's going to be there. He's going to comfort us. He's you know he's going to get us through this time. And if we're not careful, we think that eventually we're going to get back to the green pastures and the quiet waters again, and everything will be the way that it was. No, guess what happens when you leave one green pastures and quiet waters and walk through the valley? Then you will find green pastures and quiet waters again, but they're going to be different than these over here. Right? Because your loved one is not with you. You don't get over things, but you do find a new normal. You find what life is like without that person physically present. Right? And it's okay to acknowledge that it's different. Don't don't think that through death that you're everything's eventually just going to go back to the way it was because what you're going to find is it never goes back to the way it was and that's whenever you start getting depressed and that you start not being able to handle it and you start really struggling right no it's going to be different and yeah there's going to be moments 10 years down i mean molly still does this you know it says oh man I, i wanted to text my mom that's been 15 years ago Right, there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay, because then it it actually, then you 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 actually thought about her, and you kind of brings a smile to your face and a tear in your eye all at the same time. Because that's how God works. That's what He wants. It's okay to be mourning. It's okay, but then we need to understand that it is going to be different on the other side. But yet the pastures are just as green and the waters are just as quiet. Because God is present there. And God will be able to restore your soul. He restores that peace and that hope and that joy. You will be able to find it again. It may just happen differently than it did before. And that's okay. Another thing we need to to think about, and I know I've said this and you've probably said this, Whenever you hear of a tragic circumstance, how often have you said, I just don't think I could handle that? You know, to get real pointed, you know, how many times have you thought or said, I know I have, I don't think I could handle losing a child. I, I just can't even imagine, right? That's a normal thought. <laughs> None of us want, we don't even want to think about it, Right? It just makes us uncomfortable. Again, not to be Debbie Downer here, but bad things happen. And guess what? You can handle it if you allow Christ to walk with you through the valley. Right? Yeah, this doesn't mean you're like, oh, I, I hope God, I'm ready. I'm strong now. I'm ready for God to, to put me through something like that. No, no, that's not what we're saying here. But I think it does help for us to think about it enough to say, you know what? I know I can get through that. I know I can walk through that, not because of my own strength, but because I have the promise that God will walk with me through the valley. What we're doing, and we're not thinking this when we say it, and so don't feel guilty about this, but when we say things like, man, I don't think I can handle that, what we're saying is, God, you're, I really don't trust your promises. I really, I really don't trust what you say. That's what we're ultimately saying. Right? So why allow that kind of thought process to permeate us? Let's go ahead and go with the thought process that, you know what? No matter what that valley is, because I know it's coming, and it's not always death. We're obviously very, very focused on, <laughs> on death th- this week, but the valleys are not always that. The valleys are a lot of different things. If you ever say and kind of start thinking, man, I, there, I just couldn't go through that or I couldn't make it through that. Man, that's just putting, putting really unhealthy thoughts about the promises of God in your, in your mind. Man, maybe we should just be thinking and constantly thinking about how God has promised us his presence no matter what. That doesn't mean we worry about or dread what the valley may be we don't focus on the valley but we know that when it comes and it will that God's going to be with us to me that's a lot healthier way rather than saying and doing everything we can to avoid thinking about the reality of death maybe we should say you know what it's going to happen but God's gonna be with me and that you know what even though we can't understand it that death here doesn't mean the end it's actually the beginning you know and, and, and what what's crazy about all this grief stuff and this mourning that we go through is we're the ones that have it bad Christy is already in the green pastures and the quiet waters that she's never experienced before Right? We're the ones who are still walking through the stupid valley. Right? And you know, but by actually having that perspective and thinking about it, it helps you in the valley. And you know, I I just have really been convicted, not just this, but I've been thinking this for, for a long time, that as Christians, we have done a bad job about this. Because we haven't prepared ourselves. But, you know, we, we have been talking about the last couple of weeks of how to live questionable lives. Of how to live a life that people go, man, why would you respond to that situation that way? You know, one of the best ways that Christians can live questionable lives is the way that they handle the valleys. It's the way that we deal with the valleys. And this doesn't mean that we conceal our feelings. You know, and sometimes that's been the way in the past. You know, it's like, well, the way that you should handle this is very stoic and you don't cry and stuff. No, 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 that's not it. Acknowledge your feelings. That's fine. God gave you those feelings. But there's a difference between acknowledging your feelings and allowing them to come out and be controlled by them. We're not being controlled by them. We're being controlled by the one who's walking with us because we choose to allow him to lead us through the valley. And you know, when we do that, it truly does lead questionable lives. You know, Randy, Christy's husband, he uh, took, took his, uh, uh, Brant and Brendlin and they, I think it was just a flower shop or something there in Eastland. And uh, and they were talking about, you know, with the lady, um, you know, about getting the flowers and, and all this. And, and they're just sitting there, they're, they're just talking about it. Uh, everything like that, and and uh, Randy said that kind of all of a sudden, the, the it kind of hit the lady. What's going on, right? <laughs> like, she realized, oh, this is your wife, and so these are the children, and you're preparing for that service, right? And, and Randy said, she, just, I mean, didn't have really any connection with the family or anything, but it's just one of those things that she just starts getting really Really teary, and because you just think about that circumstance, and it's overwhelming, right? And uh, and and she she said to Randy, said, you know, I I am amazed at the peace that you're showing right now. I don't know how you can do that, and Randy was able to say because I know where she is, and I know that God's going to walk with us through this horrible time. You know. That simple testimony is an example of living a questionable life. You know, I don't know what your valley is going to be. You know, I sure hope that you don't have to be preparing for a funeral anytime soon. But you may. You know, your, your valley may be a financial crisis. Your valley... Maybe a family being torn apart, a divorce. Um, your valley may be um, trying to, to get a hold of your children. <laughs> I don't know what your valley is. But I know one thing that you're not going to avoid that valley by pretending it's not there and trying to pretend that we don't have to deal with it man, maybe we should have a better foundation and realize, okay, the valleys are going to come. God acknowledges acknowledges that. Psalm 23 spells it out. It doesn't say, now if you happen to have to walk through a valley, I'm going to be there. No, it says when you walk through the valley, I will be there. And then it says this wonderful uh, illustration of being seated at a table, which is a really intimate setting, right? Right? But you're seated there with all of your enemies, right? How miserable would that be? Talk about awkward conversations, <laughs> right? And so what, what are those enemies? There, there's probably people that come to your mind, but the enemy is also death. It's also financial ruin. It's also stress. It's also family strife. All those things that are just here. And what does God do? He says, I anoint your head with oil. That's the sign of of claiming. How did they claim the next king of Israel? They anointed him with oil. God's saying, this is my chosen one. And so even as you're sitting there in this horrible situation, surrounded by your enemies, God's saying, you are mine. Now, what we want him to do is we want him to wipe out all the enemies. But that's not how... Life works. It's never worked that way, and anybody that preaches that that's how it works is not helping you. No, it's going. You're going to be seated at tables surrounded by enemies. But in the midst of that, God's going to say, "Hey, you're still mine. I'm still here with you." And then on top of that, He's going to put as as you go to fill your cup. I mean, just think of the wonderful analogy here. He says, "I'm going to fill your cup with your blessings that will overflow." Right? Again, the enemies are still there. But imagine, uh, just uh, think about that. Imagine, here are the enemies trying to destroy you. And God is saying, no, you're mine. And not only that, here's some more strength. Here's some more peace. Here's some more joy in the midst, right in the face of the enemies. Man, it changes your life. It changes how you walk through the valley. And then you get to that wonderful last part. It says, surely His goodness and His mercy has followed us all the days of our life. So we know that every day as we look back, we know, yes, God was there. God was there in the presence of my enemies. God was there in the middle of the valley. He's going to be there today. And one of the things that I love about Psalm 23 is it's such a powerful psalm. But the only thing that it says about the future is, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's it. It's just very matter of fact. God says, Yeah, the valley's going to be dark. Death is not fun. But guess what? Don't worry about it because now you're with me forever. And if you could trust me in the valley, I think you can trust me then too. Man, I hope that we will live questionable lives, especially when we walk through the valleys. They're coming. That doesn't mean to be depressed. Tonight, it's going to be a dark valley watching the Patriots and the Eagles. (laughs) I am dreading it a little bit. But I know we'll make it through. Right? Your valley's coming. I don't know what it is. Don't dwell on it. Don't go hide in a hole somewhere going, oh my gosh, the valley's coming. No, don't do that. Know that whenever it's there, that God is with you and that you are his and that he will bring you back into the green pastures and quiet waters again, because that's where he wants you. That's where he created you to be. He didn't create create you to be in the valleys. He created you to be in the green pastures and he's going to do everything he can to get you back to that place, allowing to do it, live a questionable life through it so that you can point people to the one who changes lives. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for just the opportunity we have to worship you and to praise you. And Lord, I just thank you that you are a God who walks with us through these valleys. I thank you that you are a God who brings us back into the green pastures and quiet waters again. Lord, whenever we think about dealing with the valleys, we can be so overcome with so many emotions. But the one thing that we can always do is we can always look to you. We can always praise you and worship you and just allow your presence to carry us through each and every day, each and every step. Lord, just fill our hearts with your presence as we continue to praise you today. In Jesus' name we ask it, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas, 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon, and may God bless you.